0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Toddler Purgatory. I'm Molly. Hey, hey, I'm Blair. Hi, Blair. Hey, you. <laughs> <laughs> we are talking today about, you know, actually, Blair, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, you and I, about the difference between the baby blues mm-hmm. and postpartum depression, which is now called peripartum depression, which we will get into. Okay. And the reason why I am excited to talk about this is because as I found out, it always felt like every new mother I know went through something. Something. Like, we went through it, you know? Absolutely.
1: And it's like, yeah, it's very hard to... And I think it's because the guilt gets involved because it should be... It's all of it's so natural, right? But then those feelings creep up that don't feel natural, that don't feel normal, and it just feel
0: Everything just feels off. So you go
1: through something.
0: Yeah. And I, I think the thing... Well, first, let's talk about the difference between baby blues and peripartum depression. because Yes, let's. Because this has always been, in my research, it sounded like the articles were saying it was like clearly identifiable. Like, oh, you'll know if it's baby blues because it looks like this or if it's peripartum depression because it looks like this. My experience was not as clean cut. So the difference, the, the American Psychiatric Association defines... Postpartum, which is now called peripartum depression, as depression occurring during pregnancy or after childbirth. Now, the use of the term peripartum recognizes that depression associated with having a baby often begins during pregnancy. For sure. For sure. Peripartum depression is a serious but treatable medical illness involving feelings of extreme sadness, indifference, and or anxiety, as well as changes in energy, sleep, and appetite. It carries risks for the mother and child. And I just want to say in here, you all know this, our listeners who've been with us here, that we are not doctors. This just in, we're not doctors. This is in. We've played doctors, nurses,
1: medical professionals, dental hygienists, scripted. Believe it or not, as good as we were, it was all scripted. We have no clue.
0: Yes. Believe it or not, we have not been to medical school. So please, please know that we are talking about this as people experiencing it just like you. Mm -hmm. So this just in, as far as peripartum depression is concerned, one in seven women experience it. Now, as far as the baby blues, the way they describe it is a short-lasting condition that does not interfere with daily activities and does not require medical attention. Mm -hmm. Some symptoms uh, include crying for no reason, irritability, restlessness, anxiety. We'll say some more later as well. But it's sort of like, to me, this is my interpretation. It's like the emotions we feel on a daily basis, but heightened. Mm -hmm. These symptoms generally last a week or two. I read in another article they said up to a few weeks. And generally resolve on their own without treatment. Hey, up to 70 to 80% of new mothers experience the baby blues. Here's the thing for me. Okay. And this is just
1: personal stuff for someone who has dealt with like chronic illness stuff and what that does to you mentally and then shifting into pregnancy and out of pregnancy it's very hard to like wrap grasp like what normal is versus what not normal is. And I guess that's has to do... I mean, that has to do with, like, how you feel on a regular daily basis. I just feel like it's so all over the place. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's for, like, people who don't deal with, like, chronic stuff. But, like, I still feel like I'm in peri-postal menopausal... Close enough. Partum. <laughs> baby blue. I still feel like I got the baby blues.
0: Yes, I know. And I'm five years out of it. Three years out of it. Well, this interesting... What The American Psychiatric Association article also said many women with peripartum depression also experience symptoms of anxiety. One study found that nearly two thirds of women with peripartum depression also had an anxiety disorder. Oh, for sure. That's me. Both hands up. Yes. So the fact that those go hand in hand and that you're still linking some of the parental anxiety and that kind of thing with what what you also struggle with is not surprising to me. I mean, they have to go hand in hand. They have to. They have to. They have to. Yeah,
1: I think that it's like the lack of sleep that we don't get. That you do get. You do get a lack of sleep. You do get a lack. Of the, the lack of sleep that we do get. <laughs> but it's also like I don't know. Like I was okay with it. Not that I was okay with it, but it was like okay, this is what I need in order to keep my child alive. You know what I mean? Right. That the lack of sleep didn't catch up with me until like I had my moments of like, oh my gosh, I'm tired.
0: Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. The lack of sleep makes your mind go crazy. It's a form of torture. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So then I think that's probably what I'm referring to. So what I was saying earlier was that I felt like my experience was somewhere between what I thought of as baby blues, because I did look it up because I was like, am I going crazy? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somewhere between the baby blues and what we now call peripartum depression. Because I agree, it definitely did not last a week or two. Uh uh-uh. uh. And I don't know if some of that, all of that was, we'll get into more later in the episode about like things you can do to help your experience during this. And I wonder if I just wasn't doing those things. They're like, you know how they always say sleep when your baby sleeps? Oh, please get out of here. I don't know how. I mean, I appreciate that advice and I hope it works for some people, but that was a real struggle for me.
1: I think too. It's also that thing of like, you have to where is this advice coming from? Because I felt that people who have that village around them had that opportunity to sleep when the baby slept because there were other people who were taking care of the dishes or, you know, whatever needed to be done where you could actually. I felt that in order to sleep when the baby slept, I was either had to be so exhausted. Right. You fell into bed that I passed out. Yeah, or there were things that I I could table long enough to get the rest that I needed. Does that make sense? Yeah, you had to blow off the other stuff. I had to blow it off, or I was like, okay, I could get, I know the baby's gonna sleep for two hours, so I know that I could at least sleep for 45 minutes before I need to like get up and wash bottles, pump, whatever. You know what I mean?
0: And the the thing that I felt that I needed, and this is in the list of ways to help you through baby blues, sometimes when my son- Lay down for a nap because they lay down a lot for naps back then, right? In the newborn ages. So I also felt like I had to reach out to my friends. I was like, I am drowning here. And part of that was that I lived in a new town. So I didn't have like people to rely on yet. I do now because we've been there five years. But at the time, I mean, we moved in August and I had the baby in September. That's right so Mm-mm-mm. there was a isolation not only the isolation of motherhood but also the isolation of a new town and feeling even though i have an incredible mom and dad i have incredible mothers-in-law I, you know i have like great people surrounding mm-hmm. me who are far away and then also came i was lucky enough to for them to have come my parents came for a few days and or a week maybe and then left and my mothers-in-law came from the west coast for a week or so mm-hmm. And then my parents came back. I mean, we were very lucky to have support. But yeah, it's just a different, we're living in a different world. It
1: hits Mm -hmm. different. And I think that a lot of it, even the whole like, even us talking about this, it's so new because I know in talking to my mom and even like my grandmother, my aunts, all the women in my life who are older than me, it's motherhood is deemed as this thing that's so natural that we should just be instantly so good at. And should just come so naturally to us, right? And when it doesn't, it's like, or when there's like issues or there's like mental stuff or things that we're struggling with, it's like, can it?
0: Or at least for the past generations, like, can it? And I think there is an element of that. Blair, I think you really hit on something. I'm finding it difficult to talk about this right now, it's hard. Because it feels like I'm admitting my weakness and it shouldn't be associated with weakness. At all. Molly, I feel you. I totally get it. It's wild the things that we have been, yeah, taught or merely have just picked up, have just learned through observing before we had our kid about how we're supposed to behave. Why am I not that (laughs) perfect sort of, I don't know how they do it, women who got makeup on their face and have... A newborn and a baby carrier with their three other kids around them. It's not real. Or if it is good for them, too, too. God bless. Yeah. I mean, you got to
1: work hard at it. It's got to be part of your like, you know. Yeah. Thing. It's got to be part of your thing. You know what I always think of, too, Molly? That especially when I like had both of my kids, like when when Both of them were crying at the same time, like my newborn and my two and a half year old. And I was like, who signed me up for this? Right. And I always think of that. Did you ever watch the Yaya Sisterhood? What is that? I want to say the traveling pants of the Yaya Sisterhood, but that's two different movies together.
0: Well, I think it's two movies. Which one are you thinking about? The Yaya Sisterhood or Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants? No.
1: Is it called the Yaya Sisterhood? I don't know. That sounds right. The one with Sandra Bullock. And Ashley Judd, and Ashley Judd, there's a scene in it, right? And the whole thing is about how Ashley Judd, Sandra Bullock's mom, played later by Gina Rowlands, who I love, struggled with postpartum. Oh, no kidding. And I think about that scene when all of the kids got sick at the same time. And she just leaves the house and it's raining. It's like storming outside. And I remember watching that like when I was younger and I was like, I could never. But then there was also a part of me where I was like, she seems in this moment like so free. There's something about this moment where she's like, she didn't care that her kids were seeing that she was going bonkers bananas. She'd had enough. She was at her like wits end. She was having a panic emergency. And she was just like letting it out. And I was like, I didn't know what it was. I still don't know what it is. But it's just like there was something about that really messy moment that I was like, oh goodness, this is something that's like really real that we don't know about as moms that people aren't talking about that that is foreign to us. And this looks this looks like mess. But to me, it looked like a freedom
0: and somehow, as a child, because I assume you were a child when you did this, when you saw this, or like a teenager? I can't remember when it came out. Yeah, I like, I was like 20s, I, I think. Well, regardless. <laughs> Listen, well, it
2: ain't that old.
0: <laughs> regardless, that's interesting. So that her release from up until that point, 2002. 20 20 years two. old. So up until that point in the mm-hmm. movie, you're just going along. And when that happened, you went, oh, this is a clear. Sign of motherhood or something that was like,
1: yes, I was like, oh, that's something that's real, real, that like is foreign, that people aren't taught. This is something that is not discussed, but that's real. That's something that she is feeling for real. And it's like,
0: oh, yeah, I could see that happening. That makes complete and clear sense. Also, quick shout out to Ashley Judd. Heck of an actress. (whistles) Did you ever see the movie she was in with Val Kilmer? Was it Heat or something? She played his wife. Oh, I've seen it. Oh, I've seen it. I just got this these goosebumps because there's a scene where she's up on a balcony and she he gets out. They used to the bad guys used her to get him there. Or maybe he was a bad guy. I don't remember. Maybe she's working for the CIA. They lock eyes as he gets out of the car and she does a simple little movement with her hand mm-hmm. that he doesn't even acknowledge, and he gets back in the car. I am covered in goosebumps right now. Little tangent. Ashley Judd, shout out, such a good actress, so good. Oh man, when we get back. We'll be we talking more about Ashley Judd, probably. But also, we will get into the things that can happen if you let uh, peripartum depression go without, like we were talking about. Is there a societal force, a traditional force, whatever it is that makes mm-hmm. moms feel like they can't talk about what's happening to them? And yet it is so. Or just push through? Oh, I'm gonna push through because that's what a strong mom does. Mm-hmm. So, we're gonna talk about why you know, do that. You know, do that. This is real. I think I feel like I'm going to say that three more times in this episode. Peripartum depression is so real. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk a little bit more about the baby blues and the things that you can do to get through that as well. Whether it lasts one to two weeks, as the professionals say, or three to five years, like me and
3: Blair say, stick around. around. When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast.
1: Welcome back to Toddler Purgatory, where we're talking about that not-so-fun part of Our pregnancy, post-pregnancy journey of postpartum issues, the baby blues.
0: Yes. So now we're going to talk about how peripartum, formerly known as postpartum, depression is different from, it's sort of like peripartum now instead of postpartum, it's sort of like, what is Kanye calling himself now? Yeezy? Yee. Yeezy. Yeezy, Yeah. yeah. It's the Yizzy, the Yizzy of (laughs) childbirth. Well, you kind of started saying something, Blair, which is like, it's the not fun part. Because that's the thing is that we've sort of been taught to expect that it's going to be all like daisy crowns (laughs) and beautiful bellies. Gauze, a lot of gauze. Gauze, so much gauze. And some of this peripartum depression and baby blues, which, you know, we'll talk some more about. But this peripartum depression is as far away from that idyllic expectation as you can get. And yet it is such a big part of so many birthing people's lives. And the biggest difference between that and baby blues is that this is from that American Psychiatric Association article. Mm. PPD, is that what you call it? About to. (laughs) It is emotionally and physically debilitating and may continue for months or more. And this is why what we were saying before the break, getting treatment is important for both the mother and the child because untreated peripotum depression is not only a problem for the mother's health and quality of life, but can affect the well-being of the baby, as you can imagine, of course, because you and your baby are essentially the same person for so long, for, for so long. Yes, the baby can be born prematurely with a low birth weight. It can cause bonding issues with the baby and can contribute to sleeping and feeding problems. And then in the longer term, children of mothers with peripartum depression are at greater risk for cognitive, emotional, developmental, and verbal deficits and impaired social skills. One thing I really appreciated from this article is they also add, it should not be ignored that gestational carriers and surrogates are also at risk of developing peripartum depression. Absolutely. I felt
1: that my pregnancy was
0: separate from
1: when the kid got there. Right. You know what I mean? It was like, just as my, my different trimesters were different from each other. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, they were different from the baby actually being here. So I 100% stand with that.
0: So look for these symptoms. I do as well. So look for these symptoms, not only in yourself or your friends who you're supporting, your family members, but also your birth, the people who are helping you to have this child, whether that be your surrogate or whatnot. Some symptoms of PPD, feeling sad, having a depressed mood, loss of interest or pleasure in activities you once enjoyed changes in appetite. I'm going to say these kind of fast, but you'll get them trouble sleeping or sleeping too much loss of energy or increased fatigue increase in purposeless physical activity. You can't sit still you're pacing a lot your hand ringing or slowed movements or speech. These actions must be severe enough to be observable by others. That's interesting feeling worthless or guilty difficulty thinking concentrating making decisions thoughts of death or suicide of course Please reach out for help. Crying for, quote, unquote, no reason. I don't know about that because I cried for no, I was like. I was about to say, I'm, I'm good at that. Yeah. That's the <laughs> There's no grapes. There's no grapes left. I ate them all. <laughs> and I would just cry, cry, cry. <laughs> but lack of interest in the baby, not feeling bonded to the baby, or feeling very anxious at or around the baby, anxious about or around the baby, feelings of being a bad mother, and f- having fears about harming the baby or oneself. Mm. Um. The APA says a woman would have to have several of these occurring during pregnancy or commencing within four weeks of delivery to be diagnosed with PPD. So it's not one of these every once in a while, like crying for no reason. For sure. I had that absolutely nailed that one in my shortly after I had the baby. But it's having several of these and really it's stopping you being able to live your life, you know, at least somewhat normally the new normal of having a baby. It's a constant. Yeah.
1: And having suffered from depression and having and being clinically diagnosed you know the difference between having bad days and being in a just fog for a while when it's like past that 2 week mark and you're still feeling that weight that loom that heaviness and the for me personally it's the thoughts that kind of swirl out of control. And when that goes on for a long time, then I know that I need to like reach out to my therapist. I need to like figure some things out, re-routine to get back on to a healthier mental track. So
0: you know your body, you know yourself. I was just gonna say, do you feel like that, being able to identify that? Cause I think that's really interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Is it an innate feeling of like, oops, this has gone on too long. I'm outside of my norm. Or do you have to kind of consciously take yourself and take yourself out of it to be able to look at yourself sitting there in the chair for the third week mm. and go, oh, oh, like, you know what I mean? Is it a feeling in your gut or do you have to consciously remove yourself from the situation mentally to be able to see what's going on?
1: I don't know. I think it's a little bit of both. OK, for, for me personally, I think it's a little bit of both where. Because it's like, for me, it's a constant. Like I, I constantly, have, some of these symptoms is a constant with depression. You just kind of deal with these things and you learn to like work around it. But it's like, you know, when you're in a depressive state, like depressive, what am I trying to say? Episode. Because it, you can't get out of it. mm It's looking outside of yourself. It's feeling within yourself, looking outside of yourself and being like, I'm having a real hard time getting out of this. Mm -hmm. I can't see myself out of this. There's no, it's a little too dark. It's a little too dark. And it's also, you know, having my husband, you know, he recognizes it sometimes too. And he'll say, you know, how you do. You're just checking in, seeing those things, like seeing that I'm a little bit more down in the dumps than, you know, before you know, right? when I'm not usually, because I get down the dumps a lot.
0: I'm an actor, did you know? <laughs> well, that's an interesting idea, Blair, that I hadn't thought about is if you're about to have a baby or have just had a baby and you're saying to yourself, I think it's just the baby blues, but I'm not sure, that's a really good idea is to sort of preemptively loop in the people around you yep. and maybe share the list yep. of some symptoms of postpartum depression and say, hey... I'm a little worried about my, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. where I am right now. And I might need a little help. Can you help me by looking at just keeping an eye and not even keeping an eye on me, but maybe keep an eye out for these things. Just check in. Checking in. Yes. Just check in. That's it. And that's that's on
1: us, too, as like friends, as as partners is even, you know, even when things you this is the thing we know we know instinctually, gutturally, you know, when something's off. And I think that a lot of times we we try to turn it or flip it to make our either make ourselves comfortable or just to not go there because you don't want to interrupt mm. life or you don't want to you don't want to s- stir up anything. But you instinctually know, I really believe this, and the older I get, the more I feel this, is that you know what's going on, you know what's up, you know when something is off. So I've made it kind of a, my thing to not only check in with myself, but like when I see it with my friends, you know? When I see it, listen, I'm a weirdo and sometimes I do it to people on the streets. I'm sorry, I do it. But it's like if you see something that feels off, and especially in the people that you love, just check. It takes nothing to say everything. Okay. you all right? And if they don't want to open up, okay, don't push, you know, but you never know what that is everything. All right. What that could open up for them or what that could do,
0: you know, to, to, I actually thought of you because you and I have talked about this before. The last time I was in New York city, I think I was in Hudson Yards or something. And I was sitting waiting for some friends for lunch. And I looked over and a a woman came out of one of the buildings, a young woman, and she was taking off her sweatshirt and making her way towards the bench in a way that told me that she was distraught. And she wasn't crying, but she was like, and like taking her thing off. And then she sat down and started to gently cry. And as I stood up to go, because I thought immediately I was like, because you and I have talked about this. I'm like, Blair would go over there. WWBB, what would Blair do? Nope. <laughs> WWBD, what would Blair do? This is how I live my life now. And I stood up to go over and just be like, hey, I'm mm-hmm. just seeing if I can do anything for you. Mm-hmm. And as I stood up, another woman who was walking by talking on her phone said to the, into the phone, hang on one second. And she leaned down and, and caught that young woman's eye and said, hey. You doing okay? You're everything okay? And the girl's like, yeah, I'm just having a bad morning or something like that. She's like, I'll be okay. okay. And the woman said, okay, all right. And kind of patted her niche, a little bit of an older woman. And then it was like, got back on the phone and was like, bye, bye, sell, 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 whatever her business was. <laughs> she was like a straight up fancy business. And I was like, yes, like we just need to check in on each other, even if we don't know each other, because we've been taught to, you know, that showing emotion is weak. That acknowledging emotion in somebody else is weak. And and I know that that's a flippant thing to say or a gross generalization, but I really do feel like in our culture, in our world, we're rewarded for strength and somehow showing emotion hasn't been seen as a strength for a long, long time. It's sort of a new thing. Mm -hmm. And women are supposed to be the, you know, the anchors of the family. And that's a lot of pressure. Or that
1: thing of like mind your business. And that happens a lot. Oh, yeah, sure. And that happens a lot with mothering, you know at the playground, when you're at these new mommy groups, I cannot tell you how many, like, times that, like, I would see, like, some moms come in in these new mommy groups, and they look tired. Yes. You know, we all were struggling, but there was, like, something that was, like, this unsaid where we, like, flippantly, you know, jokey joke, Ugh. you know, how long has it been since you slept? But underneath there, there is someone saying, like, please ask me how I'm doing. <laughs> you know, please ask me if I'm a, like... Ask me if I'm like really ask me if I'm okay. Ask me in a genuine way where I can like open up and be like, I have not slept, or I'm feeling so down in the dumps, or I'm having a hard t- I'm at this, I'm at this playgroup because I'm having a hard time connecting to this child. Mm. You know? It's there. It's there. And it is our business. And I feel like we have to make it our business.
0: Yeah. To help each other out. Well, I really love that, mostly because it serves me as a segue into our next section. So, thank you so much, Blair. You're welcome. I read your mind. <laughs> you did. On top of being a good helper, WWBD. <laughs> <laughs> so the baby blues. You know, we just heard the symptoms of PPD, peripartum depression. Baby blues is sadness, moodiness, and some of the. It, it sounds similar: sadness, moodiness, anxiety. Crying spells, loss of appetite, trouble sleeping, feeling overwhelmed by baby tasks, irritability, difficulty concentrating and making decisions. And it wasn't on this list, but on a list I read previously during my parenthood journey, somebody also added hypervigilance. Mm -hmm. And that was something I absolutely had. I mean, literally, and I know that some of this is just good, you know, sanitary practice or whatever. But I was like, crazy. I was like, you... You have to wash your hands before you hold the baby. You have to sit down. You know, my mom was like, hey, let me know what I can do to help. I'm like, you can clean the bathroom. Because I was so worried about the germs hurting the baby, but I couldn't... I never told her that. Right, right. So she must have been like, what in the heck? I just cleaned it. I mostly meant... Yeah, or like, I mostly just want to make you pasta so I can hold the baby, you know, or whatever. But I was, but that hypervigilance, mm-hmm. that is how it manifested for me. And I couldn't understand it. All I couldn't figure out why nobody else was as worried about the germs in the bathroom as I was. Oh, girl. Yeah. Or how about,
1: did you ever do the, I had both of them sleeping bassinets next to me. Mm-hmm. Just toss that hand in there just to see if they're breathing. I did that all of the time.
0: Yes, I wouldn't do a hand. I would bring my face down, <laughs> down, down, right in their face, to make sure that I saw a twitch or a nostril flare, or a little lip thing, something. Because you know how babies move a lot when they're sleeping. Yes. And I just waited for it two inches from their face, like a psycho. <laughs> and then when I got it, I was like, okay. And I just get up and okay, good. <laughs> go right back to bed. Yeah. Yeah. But I did. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh man. So listen, the biggest thing, as always, we're not doctors. To tell the difference between the baby blues and more serious postpartum depression, check in with the severity of your feelings, note how long they last, always call a professional, call your support network mm-hmm. if you think it might be more than the baby blues. All right, so Blair, let's talk now about what can help the baby blues. This is a good one. This is number one, Blair. Leave the family. Just
1: kidding. What would you say? <laughs> Leave the family.
0: Leave the family. Blair. <laughs> one way ticket out. Just kidding. Oh, dear. Number one. Lower the bar. Lower it. That's so good. You can't be everything. In no time at all, if it is truly the baby blues, you're going to be feeling a lot better. You won't be overwhelmed for your whole life. Yes, you will. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> but that sort of intense being overwhelmed with a newborn doesn't last forever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're going to start feeling more comfortable. And also, like, lower your expectations for yourself. And then as this article says, oh, this is from uh, What to Expect. Then lower them some more, (laughs) which is great.
1: Ain't that the truth? You know what I like? You know, I'm thinking now. You know what I equate baby blues versus postpartum depression? What? Baby blues is like when I first started driving, I remember my very first like outing was to Publix grocery store, which was down the street from me. And I was so nervous, but I was ready for it. I was ready for it. And I got in the car, I did all the things, picked my music. I was like, yas, 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 I got this, I got this. And we, I got out of my neighborhood, and there was these two like young boys, young men, and they were riding right up my butt. And then they ended up like at a stop sign. They were right next to me, or a stoplight, and they looked over at me like, ugh, because I was going like super slow, because I was being very cautious. Cautious. And I remember thinking in that moment. I will never get the hang of this. Oh. Like, is this what it's going to be like? Like this, I will never. And then, of course, the more I did it, you know, I'm a pro The faster you drove. (laughs) The faster I drove and the more aggressive I got. And I would have, you know, handled that situation differently. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But it's like, okay, I can look back on that. And it's like, oh, okay, I'm out of that. Whereas postpartum is like, Or depression is feeling like that for a real long time. Yeah. Never. Like, every time you get in the car, it's like you you carry that moment with you every time you get in the car for a long time. That's how I'm, like, seeing it, if that helps anyone.
0: I love that metaphor. Also, where are those dudes now? Where are they? Where are (laughs) they now? You know what I mean? Hopefully doing well, but that's not the point. That's not the point. The point is do not glare at me when I'm a learning driver. Don't do it. When I had some uh, star 94
1: bumping in my my jams, you know, like I was really feeling myself. I was feeling really
0: good. But I have to tell you, that is kind of like parenting under. If we do feel like we're under a microscope, we don't want our aunts or our moms or our dads or our neighbors or our the other moms at playgroup to think we're not doing well because we want them everyone to think we're doing great I got this that pressure oh my god I got this look at it I put on lip gloss no I didn't I didn't put on lip gloss but like we're so afraid of (laughs) 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 showing we're so afraid of that and man it's tough it's tough we're we're in it with you for sure Mm. and like we said don't go it alone how can you do all of these things at once? <laughs> it's bananas. So ask for support from your partner, your mother, your sister, your friends, your dad, whomever. Quickly, dad. just I had to throw in dad because it said mom, sister, or friends, and I was like, come on, come on, dad's can help too. I have to tell you, my mom and dad were incredibly helpful when they were there because we would send my dad out on errands. Well, wow, that's a little gender specific, too, I guess. <laughs> but he's good at it. And they would hold the baby. He's good at it. And he was company. And he's, you know, yeah, my parents. I'm so don't don't not know. I will not cry in this episode. Don't you dare, Barbara Walters. <laughs> I love this one. Me and Blair are good at this one. Number three, treat yourself. Treat yourself. Yeah, Better do it. They said, consider a movie, a dinner date with your partner, even if you just order in and light some candles. Yes. Run out for a quick manicure. Call in that support system if you can or hire a babysitter off of care.com and have them come in for two hours, you know, so you can just get a manicure. I wish I had done more of that, to be honest with you. I feel like that was a miss. Yeah, me too. Me too. Or just a long shower. They said, occasionally make yourself and not the baby or housework a priority. You deserve it. It's great. Mm -hmm. Leave the house. Get fresh air snack, <laughs> try to prepare healthy snacks or have your partner or friends prepare healthy snacks. Ooh, hire a babysitter that's also like a person who'll do that. You know how some babysitters are like, yes. oh, don't worry, I'll pick up the living room and, and you know, cut up celery sticks. Do,
1: do some laundry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do some.
0: Oh, yeah. Th- just change over that laundry. Yeah. No problem. You want me fold these. Yes. 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 I yes. Do. Yes, I do. Yes. Um, stay hydrated. Keep that water hidden around everywhere. Have you ever heard of that phrase? Just add water as part of parenting. Mm. Have you heard this? It's for. Yeah. They say if your kid is like melting down or having a bad day or whatever, the the rule is just add water, which means stick them in the tub, stick them in the shower, Go outside and spray the hose or the sh- have them run through the sprinkler. have a cup of tea, have a glass of water. It's all about just add water. And I think that's really good mantra too for these post birth times when you're like, oh, gosh, I can't. It's not only that you might be breastfeeding or not giving yourself enough healthy foods or drinks, but also you need to replenish your your life source, which is water. Yeah, true. Hydrate. Yeah. Hydrate the heck out of yourself. And then the last one on the list, which I really love, is cry and laugh. <laughs> if you need a good cry, go for it. Yes, let it out. Because we're holding so much in just trying to keep this tiny, tiny animal alive. <laughs> it's so crazy how,
1: and I think this is a lot, this has a lot to do with the whole po- postpartum, peripartum thing. Is It's just this absolute pressure that we Put on ourselves, and that is put on us. That it's just so natural, right? That it's just like this is this is how it's supposed to be. This is what you're born to do. And yet, and the, <laughs> <doesn't>, <laughs> Molly just pretended to faint, and I was like, "Oh God, does she really? Is she really going down? Is she going down?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was me going, like, yeah, passing out from the, the ludicrousness of that statement. Yes. It's so ludicrous. It's like, it's supposed to come so natural to you. It's what? like, what? ho
1: oh, oh,
0: ho oh, oh. It's the motherhood myth. It's this myth.
1: It is. It is a huge myth. And no wonder why we're all so you know, bedraggled <laughs> by all of it, Yes, you know, exactly. and so depressed and into this Perry and post and pre. And I mean, it's just like, no wonder
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's not. Sometimes it's just not that natural. And that's where we're going to end this section. Sometimes it's just not that natural. <laughs> it's just, Sometimes it's not that natural. Okay, bye. <laughs> Chew on that. We'll be right back.
3: Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilled Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. You are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.
2: I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together, we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell, Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom.
3: Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs)
0: So we heard some helpful hints for getting through the temporary time of the baby blues, if that's in fact what it is. If you're feeling these feelings much deeper, they're debilitating, you are not able to live your daily life in a somewhat normal way, you're having destructive thoughts about yourself, your family, et cetera, then more than likely that is more than the baby blues. However, the support of family and friends is still really, really helpful if you think you are on the... Um, peripartum depression side of things. Good nutrition, exercise can be helpful, resting as much as you can, making time to go out, all the things that we said about baby blues. Also, as the American Psychiatric Association says, like other types of depression, peripartum depression can be managed with psychotherapy, talk therapy, medication, lifestyle changes, and a supportive environment or a combination of these. You go figure that out with your physician and your therapist. So yeah, that's calling the experts, <laughs> which is really just the word I was looking for from the beginning. Listen, all I'm going to say is this, WWBT, Well, oh, you'd call on the experts. I call me the experts. It is actually what you do. <laughs> what I've done and what I yes. what I do. <laughs> and if you're doing that thing we discussed earlier, which is pushing things down to not disturb the status quo, to not be a burden on other people, to not show weakness, to not Don't you do it. Et cetera. Don't do it. Listen to your gut. Peripartum depression is real. And if anybody tells you it's not, tell them to go take a hike. Like, listen to your gut. If it feels off, Mm -hmm. if it
1: don't feel right, seek help. Even if it doesn't feel right just a little bit. If it's something that in your gut, you're just like, ew. Something's not right.
0: Something's not right. Mm -hmm. Something's not right. Even if you go see your physician and they say, oh, I remember when I brought my baby four days old and I because you have to go back like less than a week later to have them check also his weight had gone down and stuff Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i remember i was like (laughs) this is gonna sound weird kind of like bent over the examination table but not on it i couldn't sit in the seat Mm. because of my tears Mm -hmm. so when the doctor came in his still pediatrician five and a half years later she's awesome When she walked in, I was like, just, what is that called? When you're bent over at the waist and uh, my elbows were on the examination table and I was just shoving oyster crackers in my mouth, you know, oyster crackers, are those round crackers that have no taste. And I was just like, (laughs) 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 just shoving them in. And I was like, oh, and I think maybe David, my husband was with me holding the baby. And he was just like, okay. (laughs) And (laughs) like, I felt like the fact I made it there was a win. I was like, I am here. So when she came in, I didn't care I didn't care that I looked yeah you know what cray I looked cray standing there and she's just like hey how's the baby doing oh how are you doing mm-hmm. so sometimes it's even and she said it in a light way but also looked me dead in the eyes because she's amazing so it might not be your physician it might be your pediatrician it might be the mm-hmm. nurse who takes mm-hmm. the baby's weight mm-hmm. um, and not everybody just because they are have a medical degree doesn't mean they're gonna no, right away, they're going to have to ask a lot more searching questions, etc. But, but reach out, reach out. And if you say something to the nurse, and the nurse says, Oh, I don't know enough about this. Let me go grab the doctor. That's a good mm-hmm. thing. That's a mm-hmm. good thing. Mm-hmm. Let him in. Because guess what?
1: No one's paying that much attention to you to judge you that hard. No one's paying that much attention to you to judge you as hard as you're judging yourself. Mm-hmm. honestly.
0: I just want to put in a little thing for also, if your medical professional is not taking you seriously, get a new medical professional. Get a new one. I'm so tired of me- Get out of here. Get out of here. I'm tired of medical gaslighting. I'm tired of people not listening to women, patients. I'm tired. Yes. She's tired. Get another one. Trust your gut. Or if they say this is
1: normal that's routine. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, you should. Yeah. That's how you should be. And you don't feel there's still that nagging voice that says, nah, mm -mm." go find someone who's going to say, okay, what is this that feels off to you? And let's try to figure out what it is.
0: Me and Blair are going to stop recording this podcast in a couple minutes. We're going to flip some tables, flip all of them. Some, all of them. Every table that's in here. Get ready to be flipped. We are mad. We're mad about people not listening to women. We're mad about the fact that women intrinsically feel like they can't speak their mind or show weakness. We're mad. We're mad as hay. We're mad as hay. We're not going to take it anymore. No more. Anyway, thanks for being here. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so with that, <laughs> Todd Perks, Hashtag Todd Pergs.
1: <laughs> Listen, you got this. You got this. You got this. Reach out. Reach out to whomever you feel comfortable reaching out to. If you feel like things are off, if something is nagging you, or if you are in a spot that you cannot get out of, no matter if it's baby blues or if it is something a little bit more serious, a little bit deeper, you know yourself, you know your body, you know your headspace. Just reach out and talk to your doctor if you don't have one find one google is great there's plenty of things on on
0: instagram as well there's lots of you know for some reason (laughs) you said (laughs) google and i honestly thought that was your doctor's last name And you were like, you were like, Google. And I was like, not all these listeners can get in to see your doctor. And I was like, oh, no, she's talking about Google. I I feel like when I'm talking about, like,
1: important things that I have to make Google feel special and like really important. Oh, like, sure. So I have to. Like Target. Like Target. Right. It's like Google. You know, Google. (laughs) Where you can get all the important information. Oh, goodness. Anyway. (laughs) And also. Most importantly, if you are in a situation where you cannot get yourself out of it and you feel in any way, in any kind of danger, if you need to talk to someone immediately in the moment, there's always National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK-8255 or they've shortened it to 988 and you could talk for free. That is the new number that just came out. Is that the new number that just came out? Yes. Yes. Nice. 988. And it's free and it's confidential emotional support. And they talk about more than just suicide. If you need it in the moment, use it. Okay? And listen, if you also just need a good hearty chuckle at two women who have only played medical people, tune in on the television. You can Google us
0: Tune into toddler purgatory y'all That's what we're here for We're here for you Yes And you can find us at toddlerpurgatory.com Or wherever you listen to podcasts We appreciate you You are going to get through this You're going to get the help you need if you need it And you are not alone We love you Take it easy